Kedushin Daf Yud Bet Hamud Bet, Privacy and Inclusion, Hamakadesh Beviyah Mishum Pritzut. The whole idea of globalization and its relationship to a lot of other things that are happening in the world. And of course, there, there are many advantages to globalization, but there's a force. Melanie Phillips wrote an article recently on the linkage between the forces of globalization, uh, the EU, the World Economic Forum and others, and the forces of gender convergence, uh, just as there's an, a force to obliterate the differences between nations, so there's a force to obliterate the differences between genders, to obliterate all differences, the force for diversity and inclusion in, in businesses. A part of it is, is, is very positive and constructive. Elements of it aren't. Uh, and that relationship of breaking down barriers that define individuals, barriers that define groups of individuals, uh, even the forces against Israel, uh, she includes in her research as to, as to some of the forces that are, are driving it. And we, one has to understand there can't really be inclusiveness unless there is exclusiveness. If everybody's allowed in, then by letting people in, you're not being inclusive. There's no exclusion. Inclusiveness, it's quite paradoxical. You can only have inclusiveness if you have exclusiveness. If only certain people are allowed in and I invite more people in, I'm including them. But if everybody's allowed in, then there is no barrier. There's no reshut ha'yachid. And what we're talking about here are the differences between reshut ha'yachid, a person or a community's or a nation's private domain, and the public domain, the global domain, where everybody, where everybody is, a, is comfortable and is about. There's a difference between them. And we're going to understand the concept of pritzut. So pritzut is a term that, that's uh, used widely and, and loosely. But what does it really mean? You know, people say pritzut. What does it mean, pritzut? So for some, it varies from community to community. For some people, pritzut would be if the, if the mechitza in the shul is not completely opaque. For some people, pritzut is men and women dancing together at a wedding. For some people, pritzut is worse than that. What, what that level of pritzut is and what does pritzut really mean, as we'll see in this piece, pritzut is the breaking down, porates means to break a barrier, lifrot, to break out. Pritzut is breaking down the barrier that differentiates Rushut Ayachid from Rushut Arabim. Private domain from public domain. Private domain is that space where you can be yourself without worrying about how you are seen by others. Rishut Ayachid is that private space where you're involved with the building of your identity, not of your image. Your image is the way other people see you. Your image is external. Your image is a structure. And when you're in Rishut Arabim, part of your mind is always occupied with your image. How are people seeing me? How am I coming across? How are people understanding me? How are people perceiving and experiencing me? But if you're in Rushuta Yachid, if you're behind closed doors, just you and Hashem, then it's not about image. It's about who I really am, not who do I look like. If one's learning in yeshiva and one's learning in lishma, then one's, one's building one's identity, one's building one's inner world, one's building one's inner self. But when you go to school and to your college and to university, you're building your outer self. You're building tools with which to operate in the world. You're building a way to be seen and, and accepted in the world. And when we're in business, most of the time we're occupied with, with Rishut HaRabim, with how we interact with the world. So most of our lives is around building our capacity for the public domain, for Rishut HaRabim. When do we really develop ourselves as individuals? We do that in infancy. And if one goes to yeshiva and one's completely engrossed in just Torah Lishma, one's learning just for its own sake, not, not Sheikh Rebbe, you're not learning 
learning in order to get a job. You're not learning in order to be called a rabbi. You're not learning for status. You're learning just for your own inner being, for your own inner self. Then, then you're building identity. You're building your inner world. And we need more opportunity to do that. But you can only build your inner world if you have a gedder, if you have a fence around your inner world into which you include people very selectively. But when you porate gedder, when, when one breaks those fences down and there is no difference between public and private domain, that's called pritzut. And, uh, and as much as we're talking, talking about globalism, we're saying that in globalism there, there, there are certain advantages. It's not a black and white situation, but this force of driving globalization. At the end of the day, nationalism means there, there are negatives to nationalism. We've seen enough of that. We understand that. But also nationalism enables a nation to preserve its culture a nation to preserve its values, to operate the whole, one of the, the many serious debates in, in Eretz Israel today. Are we going to be a democratic country without boundaries, basically? Or are we going to be a Jewish country? Jewish country means it's a Rishut Yachid for Jews. It's a place where Jews can live as Jews. And that means that we're going to restrict inclusion. We're not going to include everybody. But that's not democratic because the world of, of globalization pushes the removal of national boundaries and the removal of personal boundaries, gender boundaries. You can't even say that a child that's just been born is a boy. Who are you to say it's a boy? Give it a chance to decide whether it wants to be a boy or not because you're creating a boundary, you're closing it in. So, so there's this force in the world today of obliterating the boundary between Rishut Yachid and Rishut Rabim. And without that boundary, the inner world of a person, of a family, of a community, and of a nation cannot be built. Even a shul, if a shul belongs to a community, it's not just inclusive that anybody walks in and behaves however they want. A shul has certain standards, it has certain values, certain codes of behavior. People who are willing to behave according to those codes of behavior are welcome in. People who are not are not welcome in. That is, that's exclusiveness. There's a certain exclusiveness to, to that. Yiddishkeit, not everybody just becomes a Jew. Theoretically, one can if one accepts the rules of the Rishut HaYachid. If you're willing to behave in our private domain as people in the private domain behave, then it's acceptable. But not just everywhere. You can't just walk in and behave any way you want to. So this debate about Rashut Yachid and Rashut Rabim is foundational in individual development, in family, in community, and in nationhood as to what those boundaries are and how one operates within Rashut Rabim and, in, and within Rashut Yachid. And when in Rashut Rabim you behave in a way that you should only behave in Rashut Yachid, that's called Pritzut. If, you, if in the public domain you behave as though you're in the private domain, that's called pritzut. You've broken down the barriers. You've, you've, you've broken down. So this is a very important piece of, uh, of learning that, we, that we'll have today. It's been sponsored by Mesh Isaacson of Rhinana. Some of you might know Mesh Isaacson as the man who opened and ran for many years uh, Meatland, which has kept a lot of the Olim happy with their nostalgic memories of their homelands. Uh, and uh, we're, we're sad to know that he's, uh, he's having to close it. Some of you might know him because you might have got a traffic ticket from him. You might know him as the chief of the traffic department in Ranana. And some of you might know him for the enormous chesed and stock that he does, particularly for Olim in Ranana, people who, who come to Ranana. So thank you, Mesh. We hope that you'll be part of the soon the, 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 the daily live Matmonim. I know that you listen to the Matmonim every single day, uh, but we would welcome you to be included in the, in, in, in the Rishut Hayachid of, of the Matmonim program. There's a Rishut HaRabim of the Matmonim program. It's out on YouTube. That's Rishut HaRabim. But there's Rishut HaYachid where there's a closed door. We're sitting in the base of Medrash and some people come and other, other people don't. That's a Rishut HaYachid. And we would welcome you into this. 
into it. He's not sponsoring the memory of anybody, but I, I'm humble to say, in honor of Rabbi Lapp, and he brings the Gemara to life, blends it with current topics. May Hashem bless you with much health, happiness, and continued wisdom to continue giving of yourself as you do. Thank you, Mesh. The Gemara talks about various different behaviors that Rav used to punish people for, although they were not technically halachically wrong. And then Gemara goes through it. Then the Hadai says, Menagid Rav. Rav didn't punish people for any of these bad behaviors, excepting Ela. If a person does Kiddushin, we've spoken about the, the last day or two, you can do Kiddushin with Kesef, with money. You can do Kiddushin with Shtar, with a document. And you can do Kiddushin with Bia, with, with intimacy. But if somebody chose to do Kiddushin with Bia, he says, as we, we had the case yesterday or the day before, he takes two witnesses to the hotel, he takes his bride into the hotel room, they lock the door, and he says to the witnesses, I'm being Mekadish, my wife, Bevia, and you are my Edim. Uh, this is for the sake of Kiddushin. If somebody did that, technically okay. The Kiddushin is a valid Kiddushin. There are many p- things which are technically okay, but, pr- but essentially rotten. And says, it says, Rav, that's one of the cases that Rav used to punish people for, even though that it's, a, it's a method of Kiddushin, first mission of, of Masech the Kiddushin. Below Shiduchim was done without Shiduchim. Shiduchim means a prior engagement. So there's several steps necessary before before intimacy. The one is chupa. And before, so first you bring the woman into your home and in public, chupa. And then there is, before that even, there's kiddushin. You're mekadesh the woman. And before that, there's shiduchim. You get engaged to the woman. You make an agreement that you're going to get married. And we'll see in a moment why those levels are important. But those are three barriers. Those are three fences that protect the reshut hayachid of the marital home. And to bring a woman into the marital home where you can behave with her as one who is in Rashut Hayachid requires crossing these various barriers to get into the sanctum sanctorium of the home that is protected by these various different barriers. Uh, and, and some say that even if, uh, if, if there were Shiduchim, so there was an engagement, but he chooses to marry his wife using the mechanism of Bia. That was also a case that Rav used to punish people for. Why? Mishum Pritzuto, because that is Pritzus. The Ritvo uses a, a different term, and he talks about it as Chutzpah, uh, which is interesting. I'm not sure why he, he changes the meaning of the word from, uh, or he gives it that meaning. But Pritzus is Chutzpah. What is, what is Chutzpah? Chutzpah is also crossing barriers, behaving in ways that aren't appropriate for where you are, for the space in which you are, for the time in which you are, for the relationship in which you are. But Tosfus learns it Pritzus itself. And there are two reasons that Tosfus brings as to why this is Pritzut. The one is, Rabbeinu Tan says, because it's Pritzut to ask Edim to watch while you take a woman into a private, into a private, it's private. The whole idea of asking Edim, asking witnesses to watch you going into a private place with a woman, that's kind of tied to the satri. It's opposite. The whole idea is you're taking into Rishut Yachid. What are Edim doing there? And, and Tosfus asks, but we see by, by Yibum that, that it's allowed. By Yibum, the way that a person is, in Yevamot, we learned that, the way that a Yabam is Kone his Yevama, the way in Yibum that the Kenyan takes place is with Bia, is with intimacy. And according to some, that has to be Edim, must see them going into, into privacy. So to so be able to bear witness to the fact that they were intimate and private together. So we see there's nothing wrong with asking Edim to watch something which is halachically required. Uh, so 
re-answers and in, in Yevomus, Rabbi Tam himself adopts this. So this is, this is Rabbi Tam and Re go through the, the thinking and then come to the conclusion, Doing the first Kinyan, the first act of engagement, of investment in a woman, the first thing you do, you're still in Rishut HaRabim, she's not in your home yet. How are you bringing her into your home? With beer, but beer should be done in a home. You're not in your home yet. You haven't gone through the steps to bring her into your home. So to engage with BR, with intimacy, with a woman who is not yet in your private area, that's pritzu. That's like being mekadesh without shiduchin. And the Rambam says that's even if you do mekadesh bekesef. You give a woman a ring with a proper wedding and everything. You just haven't had, you haven't had a, an engagement period. There's been no shiduchin. You're in vacation on, where were you, Dr. Howard? In, in Ireland. You're on vacation in Ireland or in Las Vegas, and you meet a beautiful woman, you get on well, and you say, come, let's not waste any time. Let's go to the, uh, to the, to the special shul in Las Vegas that is dedicated for quick weddings, and, and let's have a, a, a snap wedding there. And she schleps her off to this place, and they get a rabbi, and they get witnesses, they get a few people, Arayat Mekudeshitli, says, that's dumya de mekadesh below shiduchi. That's pritzut. Even that's pritzut. It's a kosher wedding. Everything's good. But it's pritzut. It wasn't done with the right process of bringing the woman from public to private domain uh, where, she, where she can become uh, intimate with the man. Um, so, so this idea we see also in the, in the Rambam, the famous Rambam at the beginning of Hilchotishut. Before Matan Torah, a man met a woman, he liked her, they wanted to get married, he would take her into his home and have relations. And then she's his wife. So once the Torah was given, it starts with Ratzon. A man must want it. He must want to marry this woman. Step one. When he's done that, he does kiddushin in front of Eidim. And then he can become, she can become his wife. First kiddushin, and then that's the process that has to be, that has to be taken. So why, why is, this, is this all so, so important? Because that is what a marriage is. A marriage is an, an incredible transition. For a, for a young man or for a man and for a woman. Moving from a space where your Rishut HaYachid is occupied by nobody but yourself and Hashem. That's a Rishut HaYachid. A bachelor has his Rishut HaYachid. What's he, who's in his Rishut HaYachid? Nobody except himself. And now all of a sudden he's bringing somebody else into his Rishut HaYachid. That's what marriage is. That's the Ramban, that's the Ramban that we learned on Daf Yud. They become one Basar. So it's not that I'm in a semi-public domain. Before I was in my own private Rishut HaYachid, and now I'm in a, in a family situation. I've, I've got a wife as well. Now you're still in Rishut HaYachid. And your wife now occupies the Rishut HaYachid with you because you're Basar Echad. And how do you become Basar Echad? And here we said the, the, the Ramban's attack on Rashi, it's not that you become Basar Echad because you have children and create a family. You become a Basar Echad because of the commitment to want to be with this woman. Always you, you make her part of your Rishut HaYachid. That's what becomes important. 
so that one has to be aware that in building a home, you're expanding the Rishut HaYachid, you're expanding the sense of, of, of Yachid. There's an important concept in ego management, which Rav Shimon Shkop develops in the Akdoma Tushare Yosho. Rav Kook talk, talks about it as well in, in the Shmone Kvotsim, where you expand the sense of self. You don't deny it. And it comes to a point, Rav Shimon Shkop says, where your sense of self becomes universal. You think, who, who am I? When you, when you start off, you look in the mirror and you say, that's me. And what about other people? No, that's not me, that's them. The expanded ego is the universal ego. Who am I? I am everything that is included. I am, everything is part of me and I am part of everything. Uh, those people on the left wing are not them. Those people on the right wing are not them. We're all me. And this is all part of who I am. Uh, we, we, those, those differences break down and there's a sense of me. So with the, with the wife is the first step in expanding the sense of I to the sense of we, but still remaining in Rishut HaYachid. This is still a place where my wife and I don't have to worry about image. When we go out, we worry about image. Uh, she puts on makeup, he puts on a nice suit of clothes, they, they deal with image. At home, there's also a certain amount of image, a different discussion. But primarily in terms of how we are with one another, it's not about how we look it's not about how we're perceived by others. It's not about our public image. It's about who we really are. That's, that's what, what intimacy is. And for that, you've got to be able to bring a woman into a Rishut HaYachid. And when you come to a situation, as the, as the Rambam says, a man can't have relations with his wife in public spaces, in the marketplace or in the streets or in the gardens or in the, on, the, on the beaches. You can't do that. Why? Because that's a Rishus Arabim. That's Pritzut. That becomes like, like a form of, of, of sexual licentiousness which is not, not acceptable because it's pritzut. You're breaking down the barriers of what should be done in the privacy of Rishut HaYachid and what may be done in the publicity of a Rishut HaRabim. And we need both. You need to operate in Rishut HaRabim. You can't live your life in Rishut HaYachid. But you also can't live your life in Rishut HaRabim. You've got to develop yourself. After 120 years, what do you take with you to the Olam Ayamet? Not your image. All you take is your Rishut HaYachid. All you've got is your Rishut HaYachid. How have you built your Rishut HaYachid? How have you built your personal identity, your private sense of being, not how people see you? How have you built who you really are? Because that's what you take forward. And it's the same with nations and with communities. Who are you? Not how do you engage with the world. That's a different issue. How does the world experience you? That's a different issue. But who are you at your core? What are your values? What is your culture? What do you believe in? What do you stand for? A community, a shul. Who are you? What do you stand for? What are your values? Yes, it's Yiddishkeit. It's from Yiddishkeit. It's Shemitah Samitzvah. That's fine. That's common to all the communities. But what differentiates you? Why do you set yourself up as a separate community? Is it just a physical boundary? You're just in an area where there are no other shuls? Or is there a boundary that is governed by values and beliefs and by what you stand for as a community? A community, a family, a nation, an individual. What, who do I stand for? And when you bring somebody into that area, which is about who you are and what you stand for, that's intimacy. And that's personal intimacy, that's familial intimacy, that's social intimacy, that's communal intimacy, and there's national intimacy. 
where people can behave together in Israel. We can behave in a way which we wouldn't. We don't behave when we're out in Chutzlaretz. We're among family. We have to have that relaxed capability to be able to be a little bit more uh, focused on who we are rather than how we appear and how others perceive us in our own home, whether it's a national home or a communal home or a familial home or a home of intimacy between a husband and wife. And that's why Rav Avi Menagid Rav, Rav used to punish people who used to break down those barriers because he understood so fu- fully well what the slippery slope is when you start breaking down barriers of identity and when you become global in your thinking, when you can become global in your morality, when you become global in your behavior and you don't allow the space for individual identity to develop and to become strong, that's the beginning of the erosion, in fact, of all morality and of all ethics. Music